Now, in her illustrious political career, she served as a member of parliament in South Africa's first democratic government, as deputy minister in the Department of Trade and Industry, minister of Minerals and Energy, and deputy president of South Africa. She holds a doctorate amongst the many qualifications in education and technology from the University of Warwick in the UK. And she's joining us right now as she prepares to come to South Africa deliver um, a lecture for the Tabombeki Foundation. Good afternoon and uh, welcome to South Africa <laughs> in spirit, uh, Dr. Pumzilem Lambongong. Good afternoon. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for agreeing that uh, we celebrate you and uh, put a spotlight on you this afternoon um, in, in anticipation of the lecture. I would like to just take you back um, to the days Zase Ohlange High School um, and, and uh, <laughs> the little girl uh, at Lemont. What was like a mm-hmm. life like there and, and how does it resonate with the Tumamina spirit right now? You know, um because Mamina emphasizes uh, service, uh, it really reminds me of the days of uh, being a student activist, uh, the days of being a teacher even, because I, I was a student at Sosangi and I was also a teacher there. And uh, I was a student activist and I, and I was activist as a teacher as well. So there's a nice ring because that was, that was the time in apartheid days when we all just wanted to make a difference. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was a difference uh, as a teacher in education, making sure that uh, my students were both politically aware but also focused uh, on their academic work. It wasn't always easy. I can imagine so. Uh, one of my producers... Including Kogutikliza, who was my student. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting to know. One of my producers, uh, Lesejo, wanted to know, I wonder what kind of teacher was she? Was she the type that will have it, it daster and, and <laughs> exotic corporal <laughs> punishment? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I really like to get students to discuss uh, contemporary issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to invite... Uh, outside speakers to come uh, and have seminars uh, because it was a boarding school and speak to students, luminaries like Kumad Achi Kumede, Boizimoirane, even Tara Legota, we're amongst the people that I actually invited to come and engage with students. Mm. Now, due to, um, you know, the unfortunate realities of our past in South Africa, you ended up uh, in Lesotho. That's where you studied your first degree, um, and be a Bachelor of Arts. What was it like? I mean, in an environment, uh, Lesotho was not South Africa, and you come uh, in Tombia, said Lemont, Umzulu, Paka. Yeah, guys, you it was wonderful because that was the time also when we were not just South African students. Mm-hmm. We had Wapo students, we had uh, Zanu and Zapu students, uh, and therefore Lesotho was a mini subject of of students uh, who were associated with liberation movement. Mm-hmm. It was uh, vibrant. Uh, Abu Jonathan was very tolerant um, uh, of us. But also, um, our lecturers uh, were very engaged. 
I think uh, going to the city for me was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Let's now fast forward, because um, I guess uh, those are the ingredients that uh, you now use um, to, to influence uh, change in how we treat women and children uh, in the global space. Uh, tell us about the mandate um, that is set upon you as, as um, the Executive Director and Under Secretary General of uh, UN Women. Um, our mandate uh, is in the first place about uh, changing laws and policies in the world uh, that impact um, on women because uh, we are an intergovernmental organization as in So uh, governments make laws and there's a lot of laws in the world um, that are discriminating against uh, women. Some of them I will speak about. Uh, at, uh, the, at, at the lecture uh, uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So uh, we literally are in the field uh, at any given point if in more than 100 countries uh, in Parliament uh, helping to push legislation, working with civil society, working with the uh, uh, standing committees uh, and making sure that laws that, for instance, uh, have to do with violence against women, property mm. rights, uh, uh, family law is so bad in many countries, passing on of citizenship to children, inheritance. There's just so many laws around the world that actually entrench uh, women's poverty uh, by providing uh, different conditions to that of, of, of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, South Africa is actually one of the countries that has done really well mm-hmm. uh, in changing the law. We now need to move and do much better on implementation, but it's a big step to actually remove the bad laws from the society. And you, you also... Um... And, sorry, finish, and then we're also involved in coordinating um, the, uni- the UN system. Uh, if you like, gender mainstreaming, and making sure that the different uh, agencies of the UN in their areas of specialization, they have an adequate focus on addressing uh, uh, gender equality. Mm. Some agencies give more nudge. Some, you know, like your, your WHO, who already is very much focused on addressing uh, women's health. You don't have to do more. We collaborate with them in order to make sure and take advantage of the services. Or ILO, uh, whose laws have to do with uh, uh, women and work, I mean, uh, and, and workers' rights in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with ILO, because they have uh, employers uh, and, and workers and themselves, space also have to support them, as they, especially when they have the legislation that isn't moving the direction that they they needed to move to support in order to make sure that uh, you know there's advocacy to support their work uh, we work with unesco and and so on and we, then we also have then limited number of programs ourselves mm-hmm. in the field where we actually accompany the legislation that we assist the, the member states to pass so that we could move from a uh, conceptualizing and support the legislation, having it passed, making sure that it then has an impact in the actual life of a woman and and, and a girl, Uh, helping to change the norms, bringing men and boys to be support 
centers uh, making sure that you engage with employers in order to make sure that they actually pay women the way they are supposed to be paid. And, and over and above um, the payment, I'd like to know how UN is going to assist in the case of uh, that teenager in Sudan uh, who faces a death sentence for killing an abusive husband. How do we then, uh, in the empowerment, um, you know, we're not advocating for lawlessness, um, but for a teenager to be married to an adult. And, and when she says enough about abuse, unfortunately, she's now facing a death sentence when we come back after paying the bills. AFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Thank you for staying tuned um, as we have a conversation with Dr. Pumzilem Lambongoka, who is a former Deputy President of uh, South Africa, and she's currently serving as Under Secretary General and Executive Director of uh, UN Women. And joining us as she prepares um, to make her way to South Africa uh, to address uh, the Tabombegi Foundation. Uh, there's going to be the ninth, ninth uh, Tabombegi Africa Day lecture and a panel of discussion with the theme uh, gender equality and women's development uh, for Africa's renewal and I'm glad that uh, you know South Africa is is not excluded uh, from talking uh, things that affect Africa in its entirety now before we took a break I mean I made reference of uh, something I know uh, broke your heart how do we then connect these conversations that practically we able to help that ordinary woman who's experiencing um, discrimination Discrimination uh, in different formats, and, and unfortunately, law is not on their side. Yes, yeah. So in Sudan, uh, child marriage uh, is not uh, illegal. Mm. A, a girl as, as young as ten years old uh, can be married off, and marital rape is also not um, a crime. So this girl was married at, uh, at sixteen. Uh, against the will, she tried to run away. Her parents uh, sent her back. She was getting them because she wanted to be a teacher. And um, she was in an abusive uh, so-called uh, marriage. And uh, when the tragedy happened, uh, she had been raped. And uh, the, the brothers of her husband had helped him pin her down uh, uh, so that uh, uh, she could be social, uh, sexually assaulted, and, and she fought back, stabbed the man, and he died. Mm. So um, it, it's Sharia law. So the government uh, says the judiciary there is, is independent. Uh, so we are actually uh, appealing for clemency. Mm. Uh, we are working with uh, with her lawyers. We have uh, indirect and quiet diplomacy as well. Uh, uh, different leaders, including President Benki, is also engaging with the authorities there. Our Secretary General, uh, some religious um, uh, leaders. So she's going to appear uh, in court again um, next week. Um, so, you know, uh, we just need to keep uh, the engagement, the pressure. Civil society is running uh, a petition uh, calling for her release and for clemency as well. Now, for you and women, uh, how important is is collaboration and partnering with with men? Um, that it's all good and well, uh, you know, to have a a 
a focus on women issues and and trying to change policies and laws um, but most of these policies and laws that are discriminatory towards women are implemented by men well it, it is very important if one i mean not all men um are, are bad even the bad ones we have to do something you know about it uh, so you we want to build a, a movement for gender equality uh, obviously with women in the center, but where men also participate. Mm. We are supporting men to build their own men's movement. We and women actually, in the Catholic Research Conference, in our He for She campaign, which is a, a, a men's movement, uh, we are active in the sex job area with Shibins, addressing the, the, the nexus between abuse of, uh, use of alcohol and violence against women and uh, encouraging men who are patrons of, of in, in those areas uh, to take an active role uh, to uh, uh, engage on issues of uh, ending violence against women and making sure that when you see something, say something, do something, stop the abuse. And it's really been fascinating in the last uh, few months to see how much of engagement in that community mm. uh, has happened. And it is completely all led by men who also go to court uh, uh, to support uh, women uh, if they have to go to court uh, because they have been uh, uh, abused uh, or are victims of violence. So, so collaboration uh, would therefore be very important. Uh, but we're also dealing with a, a pocket of society, and, and that's the women's piece in this instance, who do not believe in their power. That, you know, some of the conversations that we continue to have, um, instances where women would stay when they should walk away from dysfunctional relationships, um, where in, when women report on abuse, that it would be fellow women who would, you know, be bashing and, and uh, not believing a woman when, when they say, I'm, I'm abused. So how do we then create an environment that also, um, you know, promotes sisterhood, wherein I know that I have a network of women who support a, 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 a woman's agenda? Yeah. Well, as you know, uh, uh, there never was a revolution uh, uh, by consensus. Uh, yeah. It is a contested space. Uh, you have to win people over. Mm. You have to engage in a manner that makes the other people that you disagree with uh, listen to you. It is very testing one patient sometimes, as you know. Uh, mm. But uh, I think there's an overwhelming majority of women uh, who who get it, mm. you know, who will stand by the other way. I mean, the Me Too movement is an example of the epitome of sisterhood, mm. where you say something has happened to me and I don't want you to hurt alone. Yeah. Uh, let's work on this together. It probably has a help a lot of women uh, maybe would not get help from therapy as we know it, but by just having someone uh, expressing solidarity with you, watching the pencil journey with you, it just turns it around. Mm. Uh, and even more important, the kind of sisterhood that supports you to call out the, the perpetrator and to make sure that the perpetrator 
accountable and that they have consequences for their for their actions. Yeah. Uh, so I think that probably uh, is something that uh, is very visible because when it happens now, because it, it uh, has uh, involved people in, in Hollywood, but women also do it every day. I think of Maasai women in Kenya mm. who are fighting to, uh, to end SDM and child marriage. It's young girls fighting for other girls. You know, one girl was, uh, was telling me that uh, she was uh, going to be married off, uh, uh, sat on one afternoon sitting at home to just see this old man coming to her home, and her cousin hears the mother and people talking about uh, who these people are, and that uh, they're coming to take this one uh, uh, to, to the other family. She runs to the police station to say, my, 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 my mom is about to marry off my sister. Mm. Please come. Got into the van, went to the police, got there, arrested the mother and the, the men. That way, so, I mean, that's, that's another example where a, a 10-year-old has the presence of mind to say, hell no, mm. this is not going to happen in my family. So there's different ways in which people are, are taking lives and destiny into their own hands, but the problems are still significant uh, to South Africa. I'm mm-hmm. worried that in South Africa now, uh, child marriage is risen to 10%. That is actually worrying about the country that has free education and has extensive laws that protect the children's rights. And still, Dr. Malambo, we're taking news headlines with Uzi Lesako. I'd like to know your sentiments uh, on education and how education can actually help empower women um, throughout the globe. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North. This is SAFM Radio, and uh, this is Lifetime Live with me, Chris Alda Dudumash. And thank you so much uh, for not touching the dial. We're having a conversation with uh, Dr. Pumzile Mlambo, uh, who's uh, Under Secretary General at, uh, and Executive Director for UN Women, uh, joining us as she makes her way to the airport uh, to come to South Africa, or shall I say, to come home and address uh, the 9th uh, Tabombegi Africa Day lecture. Um, she's going to be uh, delivering a keynote and uh, have to add that uh, SAFM will be broadcasting that live on the 25th of May. Now let's talk about uh, the importance of education and why it's it's key and, and this is one of the messages that you've been driving in order for uh, women to uh, experience true empowerment uh, it is through uh, education. Yeah, you know, uh, education is probably the closest thing to a silver bullet. Mm, mm. Uh, important because uh, once you have it, no one can ever take away take it away from you. Mm. It is the most uh, empowering gift that anyone can can give you. And if it, it is quality education, um, even all the better. Mm-hmm. And that is why it is so important. 
to uh, continuously enhance and address uh, the, the problems in our education system because the public affordable quality education ensures that the largest number of our citizens are able to get this gift, which once they have, uh, can dramatically change their lives. As Madiba would say, you know, a, a boy who has cattle can become a president of a country. Mm. It, it, it removes the barriers. Uh, it gives everybody an, 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 an advantage. So uh, I feel that uh, uh, this is one thing that we have to be devoted and dedicated to make sure that we get right as a country, as a continent, and of course, the world uh, in general. We've spoken so much about uh, your work, and I know that when we do beyond um, the spotlight, we also want to know if you have fun and what kind of fun well, would that be? Well, I do. Thankfully, there's quite a few things we can do. Uh, in, um, you know, I like to, to go to, to musicals uh, here, and, and thankfully, there's always something uh, to, to do. I Actually, there's quite a few South Africans uh, here as well, so I also uh, make time to be with friends. I'm living with my son now, which is lovely, and oh, I'm wow. a aunt. Because he just graduated from university, so I also get to uh, fraternize with young people because of him. I can imagine so, and and I guess it just ignites uh, the younger Pumzile. <laughs> yes. What are some of the things that perhaps you miss um, uh, from South Africa? Uh, uh, if any, children, family, the, oh yes, the grandchildren, mm. uh, my my nieces and nephews and um, I have uh, obviously my mom as you know is, uh, uh. is there missed her a lot thank you so much to Felda for visiting her now and again she's an amazing uh, soul family is the big thing uh, that, uh, that that I miss also I, I miss also being able to work and be of service to the people of South Africa and also be supported and helped by them because all of us need someone to, to make us, you know, better human beings. Mm. So I miss the, uh, you know, the Masakane context. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sometimes exists in our community. And, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, you bring up Umam Lambo and, and Masakane projects and, uh, you know, the act of service. <laughs> Would you say, uh, I mean, this is what you learned from your mom? Because... Uh, that that's one soul who refuses to retire. Even uh, in that chair, when she's no longer as active, her mind is still active. She still connects people. She's just a servant of note. Oh, yes. I'm, I learned a lot uh, from her because, I mean, she was a community nurse, uh, uh, family planning uh, uh, focus in particular, and uh, and now when I, I see the work that we have to do to protect women's sexual and reproductive rights, mm. uh, I can't help thinking back about uh, how my mom used to actually even try and do classes at home in the evenings, uh, advising uh, communities, families, young young people. But also she was a, she had her own literacy class at home. Uh, so, you know, I, sometimes we used to think that one of these days we'll come into our bedroom and Uma would have opened the class. 
doing something, you know, a breakaway group. Yeah. Yeah, because she just had, uh, I mean, uh, singers in her pipe. Uh, some of the students uh, who, uh, who are artists now, they used to tease her, because uh, to keep them off the street, she used to bring them to the clinic and say they say they must, they must sing, they must compose. And they're all, all yes. tell me hilarious stories about her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of these days we need to be speaking to her and celebrating her legacy um, because she has contributed immensely to South African de- development. Let's talk uh, now about uh, the actual lecture. Uh, what is going to be your area of focus and is your uh, Zulu or Kosa or Sesotho gear ready? Uh well, I'm going to I'm I'm going to be an African. <laughs> well, so I I, I thought that would have been choose, obvious. <laughs> I can choose any part of the continent. Okay. Uh, because I am I am an irrepressible pan Africanist. True that. Uh, you know, in that way. Uh, but you know, um, my the 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 focus of the lecture is on uh, fighting poverty and promoting uh, uh, gender equality and looking at the required paradigm shift because both are big, 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 big subjects. Poverty is big mm. in Africa. It is a big challenge. Gender inequality is big. So if you're talking about uh, pushing the, the frontiers at the continental level, you really need big interventions that addresses the systemic uh, barriers uh, that impact on more than one country that also can be addressed by all countries acting together. Mm. Uh, so I will uh, talk a little bit, for instance, uh, about uh, the new uh, uh, free trade um, area because it's one of those very important continental, potentially game-changing, uh, you know, mechanisms which allows. Uh, countries to be on a completely new and different level in their trade relations. Mm-hmm. And there's room for women there to take full advantage uh, of the changing space. If you think about climate change, uh, no country can fight climate change in isolation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually need to work together and have regional texts and ways of, of, of collaborating so that uh, we are able to have significant impact together, even though it's quite worrying because uh, the, the, the rate at, at, at which uh, uh, we are working on climate change is not uh, in the same speed as the problem mm. we are trying to solve. So it's quite worrying there. And the scale uh, of, of, and, the, and the level at which we are participating is not uh, where it, it should be considering the size of the problem. And so I, I guess try and if I could look at these large issues that uh, you know, even if it's, we are we are we are acting local, but we're thinking continental. Yes, yes. And I guess in that conversation, they'll also be um, looking at equal pay for equal work. Uh, and and yeah, the yeah. next song that you requested is is Lira, um, Believe. What is the mm-hmm. song? What what area of your life does it speak to? one, Lira herself uh, just does it for me, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, I, I just like the way that uh, she thinks about complex things 
in a manner that sort of weighs them down uh, so that the issues are relatable. Aha. Thank you. Thank you for being a game changer and thank you for taking our call. And uh, shall I say that um, uh, travel messes uh, until we thank see you in South you. Africa. Thank you. Yes, just some time. I'm just arriving at the airport. Ah, there you go. Perfect timing. <laughs> thank you thank very much. You. That's Dr. Pumzile Mlambonuga, Under Secretary General and Executive Director of uh, UN Women. And uh, she was our spotlight, uh, beyond the spotlight uh, conversation that was. And here's Lira, believe. But I feel we'll keep us frozen.